Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for June 30th, 2023. Here we are at the end of June. We're at the end of the sixth month, and this year I've only really taught two series so far. I did one series on the miracles of Jesus. I taught that for five months. I hope that you enjoyed it. And now I'm doing a series on the parables of Jesus, and we're in the first parable. Now, the other parables, I won't take this long, but this is a such, oh my God, this is good. It's the parable of the soul. I don't know about y'all, but I love the word of God. So for those of you that are new to today's word, what we do every morning is we gather around the word of God, we get a scripture, we break it down, and then I give you, I ask you this question every day. I've been asking this question on today's word for 25 years. So what does this mean for you today? And then we turn the corner from information to application. We turn the corner from learning to living. We are doers of the word of God, not just hearers only. So we've been looking at this parable. It's the parable of the sower. This is part 22 of it so far. And the title of today's message comes in the form of a question. Here's a question. Loving God or loving money, (laughs) right? So let's deal with this question today. Are you loving God? or loving money. Put in the chat, I love God. Put in the chat, I can have money because money doesn't have me. Are you a person that loves God or are you a person that loves money? Jesus said you cannot serve God and money. Let's get ready for the word today. right. Loving God or loving money. Listen, when we love God and we have a right relationship with God, God can give us lots of money. God can give us earthly possessions and the earthly possessions would not have us. It is a righteous thing. It's a good thing to leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. That's biblical. All right. So before I get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse four is a scripture we've been looking at all year. I want to get this down in your ear gates real quick. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, Do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. May may streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Say this, no dry areas for me. I'm not going to have any area of my life that I'm going to allow to go dry. Any area of my life that is dry in this season, God is going to refresh me and restore me. Say, I receive it. Say, amen to that. All right. So we've been looking at the parable of the sower. Let's go back to it again today. Mark chapter four, verses 13 through 20. This is what Jesus said as he taught this parable. And then he said, hey, you know, you got to understand the parable. If you don't understand this one, how can you understand any parable? That's why I call it the mother of all parables. And when everybody was gone, the disciples came and said, hey, Jesus, can we talk to you for a minute? Yeah. What's up? Well, you said people need to understand this parable. Let's, you know, just be honest. Um, we don't understand it. <laughs> Can you explain it to us? He was like, oh my God, you don't understand it? He was like, no, I don't. All right, well, let me break it down for you. He says, okay, the farmer is like someone who takes the word of God and plants it down inside of people. And sometimes the teaching falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but as soon as they hear it, because their understanding is unfruitful, Satan comes immediately and snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people are like the seed that's planted on rocky ground. These are the people that hear the word of God. They quickly and gladly accept it. They say amen really loud in church, but they give God surface level Christianity. Matter of fact, put in the chat, I go beyond the surface level. And so because they give God surface level Christianity, the Bible says they do not allow the word of God to go deep into their lives. As a result, as soon as trouble comes or persecution comes because of the word, 
they're quick to give up. Other people are like the seeds that planted amongst the thorny weeds. Who are these people? Okay, these are the people that hear the word of God, but they have allowed their lives to become full, full of other things. Like what? Like the cares of this world, the love of money, and selfish desires. Uh-oh, and the cares of this world, the love of money, and selfish desires are in there, and they're, they're like weeds. And so you have the word growing, and you have the weeds growing, and so which one are you going to feed? You're going to feed the word, or you're going to feed the weeds? You say this, put this in the chat, I'm going to feed the word. But these people feed the weeds with the cares of this world, the love of money, everything else they want, and they're feeding the weeds instead of feeding the word, and so this stuff chokes out the word and it doesn't work. And then lastly, some people are like good ground. Say, I'm good ground. These are the people that receive the word of God, and they don't do what the first three categories did. <laughs> so they understand it. They allow it to go deep. They're not quick to give up. They don't feed the weeds. They don't have the kids of this world. They don't have the love of money. They don't have selfish desires. They don't have competing priorities. Okay, so now the word works, and it produces a harvest, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, sometimes 100 times more. So what does this mean for you today? The line I've been focusing on is the love of money. The kids of this world, the love of money, selfish desires, the love of money. The love of money can mess you up. So we're talking about that. Do you love money or do you love God? Do you love God? Do you love money? Which one do you love? Let's talk about it. What does this mean for you today? I said all of that just to set this up. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. You ready? Here we go. Number one, put your trust in God and not money. Say that. Put that in the chat. I put my trust in God and not money. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm not going to put my trust in money. In Matthew chapter 10, let me give you a good uh, illustration of this. Up until the point of Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is the one that's doing all the miracles. Jesus is the one that's, that's performing everything. Jesus is the one that's casting out demons. Jesus is the one that's laying hands on lepers. And when he gets to Matthew chapter 10, he's like, no, you know what? Yeah, I need to send these guys out. And so he gets a team together, not just his 12, but he has a whole team of disciples. He grabs them together. And he says, guys, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to endue you with power and I'm going to release you to go out. And so now you're going to do what I've been doing. Up until this point, it's been me that's been doing it, but now you're going to go. All right, y'all ready? He says, yeah, I'm going to send you out. And so you're going to go, you're going to lay hands on the sick. You're, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to do all this. This is what he said. Now, when you go, don't go to the non-Jewish people. He said, like, what, what I want you to do is go do the, the same ministry that I've been doing. And I wasn't assigned to non-Jews, so I don't need you to go to non-Jews right now. Don't go to non-Jews. Just do what I've been doing. Don't go to any town where the Samaritans live. Not right now. But go to the people of Israel. That's the people that I'm assigned to. They are like sheep that are lost. So I need you to go and I need you to preach. And I'm going to tell you what to preach. I don't want you to come up with nothing. I'm going to tell you what to preach. I need you to preach the same thing that I've been preaching. What have you been preaching, Jesus? The kingdom of God is at hand. So he says, go out there and you say, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then while you're out there, this is what I want you to do. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to raise the dead. I want you to heal people. I want you to lay hands on people that have leprosy. I want you to cast demons out of people. And watch this. How are we going to do this, Jesus? Don't worry about it. Freely you will receive the power, so freely you give. All you are, say this, put this in the chat. I am a human conduit of the divine. As, as a believer, all you are is a conduit. All you are is a channel. God has put his treasure in earthen vessels. You're just the earthen vessel. You're, you're the, the container, not the content. He says, no, 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 no. You just freely you receive and freely you give. You lay hands on people. You lay hands on a leper. I don't have healing, but the healing will flow through me or come to me and then through me. And bam, the power of God will heal. 
heal the leper. So he says, you go out there, freely you receive, and freely you give, all of this stuff. And then, dun, 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 Jesus said, hold on for a minute. Let me be clear about something. You can't take no money with you. What? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you go, you can't take no money with you. What do you what, why? Why? I mean, while we're out there, aren't we going to need money? Aren't we, where am I going to stay? Where am I going to sleep? What am I, he said, stop. No, no, no. You can't take no money with you. Why, Jesus? Because if you can't trust me for a dollar, there's no way that when you're trying to cast out a demon and a man's voice come out, comes out of a little woman, then you're going to run the other way if you can't trust me for a dollar. If you, if you can't trust me for money, money is the least of all riches. No, no, no. You can't take any money with you. I forbid you to take a gold coin or a silver coin or a copper coin. Don't take, don't even take a bag. Don't even take a wallet. I want you to go take only the clothes on your back and the sandals on your feet. And why? Because a worker will be given everything that he needs. As you go out there to do this ministry thing, I want you to know that you're a human conduit of the divine. And I want you to trust God as your source. When Jesus sent them out, he forbade them from taking any money with them, and he did that for a reason. He wanted their confidence to be in God and not in money. Many people, too many people, even people that love God, put their confidence in money instead of putting their confidence in God. Their confidence is in, they check their bank account every day, their confidence is in that. They check their retirement accounts every day, their confidence is in that. And you cannot, you cannot put your confidence in money. Your confidence has to be in God. If the disciples could not see God as their source for money, then there was no way they were going to operate in the supernatural. Jesus was sending them out to heal the sick and to cast out demons. And he said, you can't take any money with you. He was like, if you can't rely on God for natural things, you're not going to rely on God for supernatural things because supernatural things are on a whole nother level. So if you can't win the money issue, if you can't win the battle for money in your heart, then the and with money is the least of all riches, then I can't trust you with real riches. I can't trust you with spiritual blessings if I can't trust you with natural blessings. So you're going to have to learn how to trust me for the natural so that I can release the supernatural. In the parable of the sower that we've been looking at, he said, listen, the love of money is a weed and the love of money will choke out the word of God. And so you can't have the love of money in your heart. You have to win the battle. You have to settle the money issue. Put in the chat, I settle the money issue. God is my source. God is my only source of expectation. And so watch this. When God is not your only source of expectation, then you're going to have a life of frustration. I know people, I've done it myself, where you vacillate between God is my source and then when, when it's taking too long for the money to come or whatever, you go, well, yeah, but let me go ahead and do this, right? Money is my source. And then, 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 you, then you get convicted and then you go, oh, no, no, God is my source. And then when things are, uh, the pressure's on, yeah, you go right back. And so you vacillate. You come up with a plan B. You come, stop. God has to be your source. He has to be your only source. You know what um, the psalmist said in Psalm 62 and verse five? My soul waits only for you, God. My expectation is from you and from you alone. God, God wants to know that he is your expectation, that your expectation is based on him and him alone, that you're not fluctuating back and forth between I'm relying on God, I'm relying on me. I'm relying on God, I'm relying on my bank account. I'm relying on God or my confidence is in my retirement account. No, your confidence needs to be in God and God alone. Jesus said you cannot serve God 
and money. You cannot. The Matthew 6 and 24, either your trust is going to be in God or your trust is going to be in money. That's why he told the team, you can't go out there with money. If you go out there with money, your confidence is going to be in the money. Instead, you're going to be like, oh, okay, where do I have? I have money. And the Holy Spirit says, go over here. And you're going to be like, ooh, nah, I can't go over there because I don't have money. I don't have the way my bank account set up right now. Like Kevin Hart said, no, you're going to be like, I don't have that kind of money. So I can't go over there. No, you need to trust God to do whatever God tells you to do. However, God tells you to do it. God is your source. And if God is your source, the money has to come. If God is your source, as you go out there, God tells me, I look, Isabella and I, we've done it many times where God said, like, I remember we're about to go to the Dominican Republic. I remember when God told us to buy that, uh, our, our house there. And then we wound up buying another one. So we have two properties in the Dominican Republic and they're paid for. But when we got the first one, and I remember that the Lord told me to buy it. The Lord told me to put X amount of money down and we did it and we did it cash. And I thought that we was going to get a loan here. And, and when I got back to the U.S. and I called my mortgage guy and I'm like, yo, man, I got this property in the DR, man, uh, I need to I need to get a loan. And this is how much I need. And, and the guy said, no, I can't. Nobody's going to lend you money in the U.S. for something in the Dominican Republic. That's not going to happen. I was like, oh, snap. And I went to God and I was like, God, where the money going to come from? And God said, I never told you to get a loan. And I was like, okay, I got it. God is my source. Anyway, he gave me the money. We paid it off to God be the glory. God has to be your source. Number two, don't fall in love with money. Don't fall in love with money. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because we're talking about the love of money, right? We've been looking at this phrase, the love of money. And so you can't have the love of money in your heart. Don't fall in love with money. Many Christians don't like to talk about money, but actually the Bible says more about money than it does about heaven. So we need to talk about it especially when it comes to the improper love towards it. You know, many people have, especially Christians, developed a wrong relationship with money because for whatever reason that they were taught or, you know, they, they have this perception that money is evil. The Bible doesn't say money is evil. Actually, not having money is evil. Let me just tell you, as somebody who's been there, not having money is evil. <laughs> money is not evil. So money, no, money can be used for good and money can be used for bad. So money can be used for all sorts of evil, but money can be used for all, all sorts of good. As a matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 19, let me just tell you what the Bible says. King Solomon, who the Lord made rich, he was an ultra billionaire. Some people think he was a trillionaire and the Lord gave him that money. And Solomon said this, he said, you know what? Money answers all things. That's Ecclesiastes 10 and 9 from the New International Version. The easy to read version of that statement is money solves a lot of problems. So he was saying, you know what? Money, you could use money to solve a lot of problems. You could use money for a lot of things. So money by itself is not evil. It's the love of money. So 1 Timothy 6 and verse 10, let's read what the Bible actually says. Paul didn't say money was evil. Paul said the love of money causes all kinds of evil. Some people have turned away from what we believe because they just chasing money, but they have caused themselves a lot of pain, and a lot of sorrow. So yeah, if you love money instead of loving God, then yeah, you're going to have a problem. But, but, but you and I, we don't have that problem. Say this, say, I love God, not money. So if you love God instead of loving money, then, then you can have money because money doesn't have you. God is not against you having earthly possessions, right? I've seen many Christians tear down other Christians because they say, oh, oh, look at that. You storing up for yourself treasure down here. You know, 
hey, brother, you know what the Bible says you're supposed to store up treasure in heaven. True. I think you're taking that out of context. The Bible also says that a, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, right? That's what the Bible also says. The Bible, and then I could give him some more Bible. So, you're, so, so watch this. The Bible says, that the Lord, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow with it. The Bible says, I mean, if you want to talk about what the Bible says, let's talk about what the Bible says. And so God can bless you with things, even the things that you desire. God knows your heart. You're just, your heart has to be pure towards God in the parable of the sower that we've been looking at. Here's the problem. If you have the love of money, the love of money is a weed and it's going to choke out the word. But if you don't have the love of money, then no, God can give you wealth. God can give you money with a mission. God can give you prosperity with a purpose. I mean, there are people on this planet right now that are billionaires, that love God, that are using that money for God's glory. And, and God is glorified and God is happy with it. And the Lord made them rich. God made Solomon rich, the richest man on the planet. And it was the grace of God. Matter of fact, this is what Solomon said about this. Let me just give you Bible. Don't, don't listen to me. This is what the Bible says, Ecclesiastes chapter five. Watch this. I Solomon says, the Bible says, I have seen what is best for people to do on the earth. Oh, for real? Solomon, you've seen what is best for people to do on the earth? What is that? He said people should eat, they should drink, and they should enjoy the work that they have during the short time that they're here on this planet. God has given us just a few days, and that's all we have. God gives some people wealth, property, and the power to enjoy those things, so they should enjoy them. They should accept the things that they have and enjoy their work because this is a gift from God. He says, God has given some people wealth, property, and the power to enjoy it. And guess what? They should enjoy it because it came from God. <laughs> they should enjoy it. God can bless you with the wealth and the property and the power to enjoy it. And guess what? you should enjoy it. Solomon also said in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, the blessing of the Lord can make you rich and add no sorrow with it. God can, the blessing of the Lord can, I didn't make this up, I'm reading the Bible, can make you rich and add no sorrow with it. So the Bible is full of people whom the Lord made rich and the Lord says, guess what? The riches did not destroy their lives because they enjoyed it. I gave it to them. They had a right relationship with money. But if you don't have a right relationship with money, I can't trust you with it. I can't. You got to be a good money manager. If you're not managing what I gave you right now, how do you expect for me to give you more? The way the kingdom works is that you have to be faithful over little so that God can give you much. And so then the people that, that are not faithful over little and God is not giving them much, they get mad at the people that God has given them much. And they criticize the wealth that other people have and the favor that's on other people. And they, then they grow a root of bitterness in their heart and they're mad at the other people for having stuff. And then they tear them down and say, you shouldn't have that. You, you shouldn't have that. Like, I remember, uh, I, <laughs> I remember my mom was here and uh, my mom walks over to my closet and my mom says to me, wow, she was like, how many shoes do you have? I was like, I don't know, mommy. And I looked and she said, oh, that's not good. I said, what's not good? She said, that's not good. I said, what's not good? She said, it's not good to have that many shoes. <laughs> I said, why? She said, well, you know, because, you know, I said, are you saying because we're supposed to give? 
Well, yeah. I said, mommy, who do you know gives more than we do? And then she paused. I was like, come on, mommy. I mean, we give. And the more we give, the more God gives to us. Do you think it bothers God that I have some shoes? And then she was like, I was like, where does that come from? Like, I mean, people just come up with these ideas. Oh, that's not good. You shouldn't have that. You shouldn't have that. Why not? I mean, the Lord, I just read for you. The Lord has the power to bless you. And if you honor the Lord, you're a good steward of your finances. You honor him with your finances. There's categories of giving. There's tithes and offerings. You fill that category. Boom. Right? There's, there's first fruits. You're honoring the Lord with the first fruits of all in your increase. There's sowing into ministry. You do that as well. You're supporting projects all over the world. There's giving to the poor, and you're doing that as well. And, and the Bible says that he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will, will repay him, Proverbs 19 and 17. And so you're, you're giving tithes and offerings. You're sowing into ministry. You're giving to the poor. You're giving to charities that give to the poor. You're doing all of this on a monthly basis. And the more you give, the more God gives to you. And then somebody says, ooh, that's not good. What are you talking about? Where'd you get that from? Like, I mean, where, where do you get these ideas? This is not godly. Don't allow envy to fill your heart and cause you to be upset with somebody else because they have something that you don't have. And then you think that in, in that has to be evil, right? No, no. God is going to judge their heart and maybe their heart is pure towards God. And if, if their heart is not pure towards God, God is going to deal with them. But how about you just deal with your own heart? Like, are you, if you, if you have, are you, if you're coveting what other people have, then the question has to be, are you managing what God has given you? Are you tithing? Are you giving offering? Are you sowing into ministry? Are you giving to the poor? Are you, are you, are you doing stuff with the money in those categories? Isabella and I, we make sure that we cover all those categories every month. Every month, money leaves our household. Every month, money leaves our household. And the more you get, the more God gives to us. But we're a conduit. Money has to go out. You know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? Because water comes in, but nothing comes out and nothing can live there. If you, if your household, money's coming in, money's coming in, money's coming in, money's coming in, but nothing's going out, nothing can live there. In the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. In the kingdom, you have to be a conduit. You have to be, say this, put it in the chat. I am a conduit of kingdom finance. And when you're a conduit and money's going out and money's going out, the more you give, the more he gives to you, right? So just keep on giving. All right, number three, and finally, as I close, last point for today, you can enjoy what God gives you without falling in love with the stuff. Uh, so first Timothy chapter six and verse 17, this is what the Bible says. Give this command to those who are rich with possessions in this world. Oh man. Okay, Paul, what do you want us to tell rich people? Okay. This is what I want you to tell them. Tell them not to be proud. Okay. Tell them to put their hope in God, okay? Tell them not to trust in their money, okay? Money cannot be trusted, but God takes care of us richly and God gives us everything richly to enjoy. Oh, wow. I was waiting to hear, tell them to get rid of everything. I didn't hear that. I was waiting to hear, oh, they need to sell everything because they shouldn't have nothing down here in this world. No, I didn't hear that. What I heard was, Tell them to put their hope in God, not to trust in their stuff, and just enjoy whatever God gives you because God gives us everything richly to enjoy. And so the line, he gives us everything richly to enjoy from the J.D. Phillips translation reads, God generously gives us everything for our enjoyment. God gives us everything richly what? 
for our enjoyment. God wants us to enjoy whatever he puts in our hands. Say this, say, I enjoy it. I enjoy, listen, you know what? I don't love my car, but I enjoy it. Whenever I'm driving my car, man, I'm like, man, this is fun to drive, man. I don't love it. I love God, but I enjoy it. I don't love this house, but I enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. Like we watch movies in the movie that we enjoy. So you don't love stuff. You enjoy it. And just as long as you don't have the wrong relationship with stuff, God can continue to bless you. But if you develop the wrong relationship with the stuff, now that's where you have a problem. If you start loving stuff, now I know people, oh man, they pray, oh brother Pena, can you please pray for me? I want this new car. And then, okay, we pray and then God blesses them. They get that new car and now they're not in church no more. Where you at on Sunday? You washing that car. Now the car has become an idol. And so if, if you asking God to bless you with something and God blesses you with something, and then you allow the thing that he gave you to become an idol that's going to keep you from the God that gave it to you, your heart is all messed up. And so now, now this has become an idol where you're more focused on the thing uh, than the God who gave you the thing. And so if you do that, yeah, the weeds are going to grow up and choke out the word. But if you, if God can get, bless you with things and the things don't have you and you say, you know what, God, I just, I thank you. Man, you're so good to us and we honor you. And, and you know, uh, people like this house, as an example, people say, man, this is a big house. What, why do you need a big house? Well, we fill it up. God, we entertain people. We be hosting people in this house. A hundred people show up at our house and we have a hundred people at our house fellowshipping and all of that. Why? Because that's what God called us to do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're not a person that's going to have a hundred people at your house, but, but whatever it is that God has called you to do, God will give it to you. And God will, God will give you whatever he gives you that is a, in alignment with your purpose. And whatever he gives you, you got to be okay with it. Whatever he gives you, you can't allow it to become, you can't develop a wrong relationship with it. If you start loving the thing instead of loving God, it's going to be a weed that's going to choke out the word. But as long as you, the thing doesn't have you, and there's no amount of money that God can tell me to give that I'm not going to give. There's no amount of money that, like, there's nothing we have that we can't give away. The, Isabella and I have nothing that if God says do it, we won't do it. And so that's it. As long as your heart is like that towards God, there's nothing. God will withhold no good thing from those who walk upright before him. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm going to release you into the weekend. I'm telling you, this was a good word, y'all. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. My trust is in you and in you alone, not in money. I rely on you, Father, for the supernatural and the natural. You are my source. You are my supply. My heart is free from the love of money. I release all other sources. My expectation is in you and you alone. I feed my heart with your word and your word grows in my heart unhindered. I enjoy the blessings that you provide and I guard my heart from falling in love with them. My love and devotion is to you and you alone and never earthly possessions. So I cultivate a pure heart and your word grows in me unhindered. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, sign up. Don't you want my notes? You get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, 
big red subscribe button on the top right. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this is a message that people do need to hear. So share it on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Leave me some comments in the chat. A reminder, I'm going to put on social media. I'm doing a book signing. I'm preaching this Sunday. If you're in the Northern Virginia area, come to 14015 Miniville Road in Woodbridge, Virginia, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. I'm preaching this Sunday. You don't want to miss it. And then after church, I'm going to do a book signing at the Panera Bread in Lake Ridge. So I'll put that out on social media, book signing, get my books, go to rickpina.co. You can get the books. And then uh, I'll be there. We're going to have books to sell and to sign. It's going to be a blessing to you. I love you. God loves you more. Have a great weekend, y'all. The best is yet to come. I'll see you on Monday morning. I'm, Monday morning is the day before 4th of July, but I'm still doing today's word on Monday morning. So I'll see you on Monday morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.